Ah, yes, friends. On a Friday, it's OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where you know us, you love us. Andy Mackwitz over there, Adam Arbeck, right here in front of your face, as we're, of course, breaking down all things New York football giants. Andy, I assume that on this Friday and lovely weather of late, you are healthy, wealthy, and wise. I bring back the nice weather to the Northeast. I was down in Florida for a month. It was abysmal. It was abysmal in the North. Come back up here. We had a 60 degree day one day. It's now like 50 degrees and wearing a light, light shirt. It's mm-hmm. nice, Adam. I, I like this. I'm, you're welcome is what I'm going to say. To you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Listen, I appreciate it, it is a Friday. We're hitting the weekend. So we're going to keep a nice little light episode here for you. Not from a content standpoint, but we'll be in and out the door with uh, what is probably as, as we do our roundup before we hop on to do the show, the, as Andy would say, the hot button topic right now for the New York football giants off season. Next week, we'll kick it off with all the key dates that the giants have to look at pertains to players decisions, right? When the off season gets rolling, obviously the combine will be around the corner of the draft, et cetera, all that great stuff coming up. But the name on all the lips of New York football giants fans is one Saquon Barkley and what we're well, Barley Barkley. It's fine. We'll correct that in post. Uh, and what's going to go on with him this off season. We've talked about it before. We've batted this around. What does it look like for Saquon Barkley to be a part of this team in the short and long term? What is the value of Saquon Barkley out there on the market? Let's just kick it off. I mean, listen, you lead the charge here, man. What's the first question that you want to address when it comes to Saquon Barkley? Okay, so the reason why this is so important to talk about, and this is the reason why every you know Saquon Barkley is a polarizing figure for a couple of reasons. A lot of them have nothing to do with Saquon Barkley himself, right? You know, Dave Gettleman comes out and drafts Saquon Barkley number two overall and says, we draft people that are going to get a gold jacket. Like, they, he put those expectations on Saquon Barkley before the guy ever played a snap for the Giants. Like, he was going to be the next Adrian Peterson. He is going to be the next transformational offensive player in the NFL. Like, he's sure. going to have the impact that a quarterback would have, right? Like, that's how Dave Gettleman was saying it, and he scoffed at anyone else suggesting that we would not take Saquon. That has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley, the player, or anything else that transpired after that, right? And so, like, you know, shame on Dave Gettleman for, like, keeping all this stuff on the player, and he doesn't have to, like, he's not even around. Shame on him. It's it's on him. He's a top prospect in the draft. That's expectation. Stop it. No, but but him saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, he, we draft him number two overall. We don't want a quarterback. Like, he's that generational. Like, building him up a little too much, it's just like, hey, we like the player. We like the situation. But – Listen, that's why giant fans have felt by taking him at second overall in a draft class when nobody takes running backs that high. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. His, his fallacy of taking a, a, a running back number two made it impossible for Saquon to ever reach the measures that he needed to in order to justify taking a running back number two overall. Like that's the point. You don't take mm-hmm. running backs in the top five anymore because they are less valuable in the grand scheme of how football is played on the offensive side. So I, you know, he comes into the league, he does all this stuff. He comes in and is absolutely unbelievable, right? He's averaging five yards a carry. He has 2,000 yards from scrimmage. He's electric. He has 15 touchdowns. Like, he is the guy. Like, you're like, holy crap. Like, he is that. And then things slowly start deteriorating. He tears his ACL. He has a terrible knee injury. The offensive line is not letting him run. And last year, he looked very pedestrian, even when he was healthy, right? And so, like, Adam, I'm setting the scene because he started out with this like expectation that he was going to be a Hall of Famer. His first year was amazing, and ever since then, every year has been like uh, like a, a deliberate regression to sadness for Giant fans. 
Yeah, I'll, but uh, and again, uh, this is why you don't draft a running back that high in the draft. And I, I don't care about you set the expectations on him because that's what everybody taking in the top of the draft. The expectations are for them. If you're taking top ten in the NFL draft, expectations are you're going to be a franchise changing player. You're someone that's going to go to the Hall of Fame. That's what you're supposed to be. So I, I dismiss any idea around. Well, once you take him there, then all of a sudden it elevates it. No, everyone knows the prospect that he was coming out of college. And if the Giants hadn't taken him at second overall, we know that there were teams at four and five that were going to look at him. But potentially as well. So that is what it is, but it has been this downward spiral. And now you found yourselves in a situation where the new GM, obviously in Joe Shane, you have the new head coach, you have new offensive coordinator, everything that's here. Right. And we think that we're in our last legs of the Daniel Jones experiment for him to prove that he can be a viable commodity. So we're now in an off season where Saquon Barkley is valued at $7.2 million that they can immediately get off the cap and free up to address other areas of need on this roster. We know that it's the final year of his contract, and they have choices around what they would do with him. That's what his value is. That's what they can clear off the books for him, understanding that he's going to be a free agent otherwise. What's your next question around this? Is it the money piece? Is it the value piece? Is it what's impacted his game over the length of his career? Or is it the injuries that he suffered along the way? So the reason why this is a hot button issue is because Joe Shane has come out and said that he needs to clear $40 million in cap space for the off season to be able to start moving and doing the things that he wants to do. And when you look at the line items of like what you can clear or who you can clear or how you can clear to 40 million, like when you get towards the end, Saquon Barkley's $7.2 million is a big chunk chunk of change that doesn't incur dead money. And he's still considered an asset on the team. Right. And that's why, the bullseye is squarely around him. If he had performed and not been injured, Giant fans wouldn't be asking this question. But because of the regression, Giant fans are like, hey, we need to figure out what to do with Saquon. And, and Adam, really it comes down to three. There's only three things that you can do. You let him play it out and start the season and figure it out from there. You extend him on a contract that like spreads his, his value out over the next couple of years. Or you trade him in the offseason and clear that $7.2 million off the books. Like those are the only real three options that you have. For me, I think starting the season with Saquon Barkley, having him in the backfield and seeing what this team looks like and giving Daniel Jones as many weapons as possible with a rebuilt offensive line is my preference. But what's yours? Trade. It doesn't make any sense. You're going to go into the regular season with him and you're going to see what he looks like. And again, there's there's this there's a difference between saying Saquon Barkley isn't talented and saying that he's not worth it for the New York football giants. What's the best case scenario that he has a that he has a strong start to the season, looks really good, and then at the end of the year, you're sitting there saying, Oh, yeah, let's resign you. What, what is that number gonna look like? Saquon Barkley has missed. He's played 44 out of a possible 65 games over the start of his career. You know that he's going to look for the payday. You know that he's going to look to go out there and prove that he has value and then to cash that check. And while he could end up winning you a couple of games over the course of the upcoming season, if you're a realistic Giants fan, you know that it's not about winning in this upcoming year. It's about turning over the roster. It's about evaluating Daniel Jones for the final time and figuring out what players can be around on this roster and what moves you need to make in free agency and through the draft to start to turn this thing in the right direction. Saquon Barkley, again, you know, you know why you, you need to trade him? Because he's not on the timeline. He's not on the timeline for this team to win. Maybe if they were cresting like they were supposed to be and going for deep playoff runs, Saquon Barkley would be worth keeping around. Instead, you're about to run into 
the the turn just starting to get around the corner on it when you talk about next year when you finish all the other pieces the offensive line you want to do when you reevaluate things we're going to get get into later in the offseason around the wide receiver position and what that looks like because there's question marks literally at every single spot at that position on the roster by the time you get to that place he's going to be 28 years old making 15 million dollars a year like it doesn't make any sense trading him now clearing the cap room affords you the ability to go address an area of need and replace one of the most replaceable commodities in football the running back so adam uh, i think every listener knows how you feel about this and how you feel about the seven million and of course I know that the caveat is, well, what do we do with that $7 million if we were to get rid of Saquon Barkley? Like you've mentioned that before. Like you don't just save the $7 million and put it in your pocket and then not go reallocate it or put it towards something else. It's like, no. And it's as much about the $7 million as, as about the kid is going to be gone. You're not going to resign him. Giants fans need to accept that. You're not resigning him after this year. No matter what happens, he's not going to be resigned. It would be malpractice by the new regime. And we don't think that Joe Shane is an idiot like Dave Gettleman. So if he's not an idiot, he's not resigning him. So why would you not go get the asset for him now? Okay. So I have two devil's advocate doors and you can pick either one that you want to go down. Adam, you didn't even know that Friday you were going to get to choose your own adventure, but that's the kind of co-host I am. You get that, that warm, fuzzy feeling right before happy hour. I take the sword and I go into the dungeon. Exactly. So the two different doors that you have down and you can... Figure out which path you want. I'm going to say that you're wrong in trading Saquon Barkley in the offseason. And there's two reasons why. And you pick which one you want to bat around a little bit. So I'm already, I already have to accept that it's wrong to trade him. Okay. Well, no, but that, I mean, that's what you, yeah, you're clear. You're clearly wrong. I'm just saying, which, which one do you feel like you even have a shot against? Okay. The first, the first one is I don't think Saquon Barkley's value right now is anywhere near what it could be. If we have a revamped offensive line and he looks slightly more competent at the beginning of the season, he'll look like a team would sit there and say, oh, he still has it. I'm willing to give up a premium asset for him. That's number one. What are you calling premium? So what what do you think you could get for him in a trade? Well, that's that. You're talking about getting a first round pick for him? Well, I'm saying right now his value is probably what? A fourth or a fifth round pick? Yeah, like a fourth round pick. Yeah. Yeah, if, if he comes and he starts looking like the way that we think he could be and our t- and he's not on the right timeline, we can move that up to a second or a first, is, mm-hmm. is my opinion. That's that's door number one. Door number two is we know that we are losing all pro bowler Evan Ingram. We sure. are likely going to be losing Kyle Rudolph. There's talk about trying to get Kenny Galladay's number off the books. They're talking about cutting Sterling Shepard, right? They don't know how much Darius Slayton has. It, They're talking Kadarius about Tony trading Kadarius Tony. Just yeah, Kadarius Tony may you know, on the chopping block, according to half the media out, outlets out there. So, honestly, is it more important to recoup the savings from that Saquon Barkley number in the offseason or to actually give Daniel Jones a few weapons to find out if you have a franchise quarterback on the roster? Okay, well, I mean, the, the first part is, is like, listen, like, can Daniel Jones turn things around? Of course he can. But but I, I'm not worried about giving him the, oper- the options to show if he – either plenty of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the league, show you that they're a franchise quarterback without having every weapon at their disposal to show who? they're capable. Well, hold on, the hold on, hold on. Who? Who? Show me one. Name one and let's let's talk about it. Okay. Show me did, one. Did Josh, Allen, have- did, Josh Allen, did Josh Allen just establish himself this year? Or did he show it over the, over the course of his career, year by year, progression and growth as they slowly added additional pieces around him? Do they have an all-pro running back behind him in the backfield? No, they don't. 
Did they add Stefan Diggs in, in between one offseason to give him that electric player? Of course they did. They added weapons around him gradually over time. That's the only point that I'm making is that a, we all know Justin Herbert, zero offensive line. He has a ton of weapons there. We, we, we accept that. But he has zero offensive line, just like Daniel Jones. And in one year, everyone agreed, Justin Herbert. He's a guy that's obviously going to be top of the class here in the QB group. So, so I put you on the spot, and I'm going to call you out on it because – Josh Allen before Stefan Diggs trading a first round pick, getting a top of the line wide receiver yeah. was it was 52% completion percentage, 58% completion percentage had a lower passer rating both years than Daniel Jones in year one and year two. So he was worse than Daniel Jones was in Daniel Jones's first two years. They well, trade for Stefan Diggs no. and give him a weapon. He goes to 69% and 64% and has okay, a What did Daniel Jones do last year when you drafted a first round, a first round wide receiver? What did Daniel Jones do last year when the games that he was on the field when Kenny Galladay was there? Like, what did he do last year when Saquon Barkley was there? There was up and down and injuries and health and everything else. Anytime that these guys overlapped, it's not like, and listen, I'm not even knocking him. He can turn it around. My point is, is like, it is not solely this idea of sitting here and going what Daniel Jones needs is everything to be perfect around him to showcase his abilities and see what he can do. I get it. That's the best version of things. That's what every quarterback wants around them. But at some point you have to be someone who goes, Oh man, my quarterback, my offensive line play wasn't great. I overcome that a little bit. Does Joe Burrow have a myriad of weapons? Of course he does. Did he have no offensive line play? Of course he didn't. And what did he do? He went to the Super Bowl. So at some point, you have to be able to have a calculation around it of saying, listen, there is a process of how many weapons do you have? What's the state of your offensive line? Is the defense good or bad? All of those things. And then you evaluate, did my quarterback manage to rise above that, to drag our teams to wins, to find a way to be successful, or find a way to still be healthy, right? Whatever whatever mechanisms you want to use, Daniel Jones has not taken advantage of some of those opportunities. He's been saddled with a lot of bad situations, a lot of bad coaching, and a lot of bad personnel. We accept that. This isn't about this isn't even about Daniel Jones. I want to stay uh, stay on task here. If you want to keep Saquon Barkley on the roster into the regular season and try to elevate his value, that's fine. But what you cannot afford to do is in this offseason say we did not go get veteran offensive lineman X because we chose to keep Saquon Barkley at 7.2 million. That's what you can't afford to do. You cannot cut off your nose to spite your face and say he's talented. He would obviously be valuable for Daniel Jones. And therefore, we should not go address another area of need. We're going to get into tight ends next week. We're going to get into wide receivers next week. We're going to get into offensive linemen next week, linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties, like all of these things that the Giants have to make key decisions around. Saquon Barkley does not represent this pivotal mechanism to figuring out where this franchise is going to go. All he represents is a very talented player that should not be a part of your long-term future. And are you willing to sacrifice moves to build the team and make it better overall for one position on the roster? And the Giants' previous regime did a ton of that. And every time that they did it, like spending big on Kenny Galladay in free agency, it came back to bite him in the ass because they didn't fix the areas they had to, like the offensive line, like the pass rushing, right? They didn't focus on things that help you win ball games. They went for shiny toys. So if you want to sit here and call Saquon your shiny toy and say you're willing to keep him on the roster and you want to re-sign him, you want to extend him, you want to do it, fine. I'm just telling you, it's short-sighted. That's all. And, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll agree with you. If you want to keep him on the roster to elevate his value, if you, if you think, and I don't know, even if you could elevate him to a first-round pick, right? But if you think you could move 
two rounds in value by having him play the first six weeks of the season, great. The other component of that that we can touch on is whether or not he's injury prone, because that's the risk that you run. What if he goes out on the field and he gets injured early in the season, you get nothing for him in trade value, and he goes to free agency to see if he can recover his value somewhere else on a cheap deal. It's also about getting value when you can get value and not pinning yourself into a corner, and that's the risk you run going into the season. Okay, so side note, Joe, uh, Josh Allen had the same quarterback rating his second year as as Daniel Jones did last year, and that was without Stephon Diggs. They added a all-pro all type wide receiver, and look, he flourished, even without a running game, right? Um, aside from that, we talk about Saquon Barkley being injury-prone. I think this is kind of like a misnomer, and it, it feels kind of weird that everyone just harps on this. Like, yes, running backs get hurt because they – it's not, like it's, not, it's not what it's not, it's not that they get hurt. It's that that's why you don't overvalue them. That's why yeah. because they get hurt. It doesn't make no, it but, injury prone. But, he gets hurt like every Adam, running back does. Adam, Adam, there is a, a line at the bottom line that says injury prone when we're talking about Saquon Barkley right now. And my answer is no. Running backs He's, are injury prone, period. Well, 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 but but Saquon Barkley tore up his knee. And then yep. as he's running off the field, he has a fluke thing against Dallas where some guy steps underneath him and, and he busts up his ankle and yep. isn't able to play, right? Like those two things aren't like, man, he's Grant Hill. Like he just can't have his like legs function. It's two freak injuries that happen to him. But ultimately my idea is how do you know? It, it's more important to me to understand what we have as an offense. Do we have the right quarterback? I'm willing to spend $7 million on Saquon Barkley to figure that out because I feel like saving that then, money then, then and you like Dave Gettleman. Then you like Dave Gettleman. That's the bottom line. Then you like Dave Gettleman because you believe that the model is keep, keep things on the books, surround, bring in these talented players, don't fix the cornerstone pieces that need to be addressed and assume that somehow you're going to reverse engineer the way that the NFL has operated its entire existence. Like, that's what you're saying. Like, I, I get it, dude. Like, he's a talented player. But at some point, it's like you can put Saquon Barkley in that category. You can put Kenny Galladay into that category. You can put even even Kadarius Tony into that category, right? Choosing to go with that in the first round last year when there was probably viable offensive line options or defensive line options or other weapons at positions of need. Like, the decisions that were made in the previous regime are all the things that everybody agrees were mistakes. And yet, you're saying but let's let's see if we can make it not a mistake now. Like you want to try to mold a, a terrible mistaken decision into a positive somehow, as opposed to just saying 7.2 million. By the way, didn't we all agree when everyone was bitching and moaning about sending $3 million on Devontae Booker? What did we all end up agreeing by the end of the year? Huh? He was pretty much exactly what you wanted out of a running back. Consistent North and South runner, not an all-star, not going to Pro Bowls, but it lo he looked pretty darn consistent and good behind a crap offensive line. So you're going to tell me you can't go into free agency. We listed some on the previous episode. You're going to tell me you can't go into the draft in the middle rounds and find a low-cost replacement and have a running back by committee system, especially in the short term again, when you're not in win-now mode to go ahead and build behind Daniel Jones. Give him a pass-catching running back. Give him a slasher. Give him, by the way, remember Kenneth Gainwell? I remember a team over in Philadelphia that went ahead and picked him up, and he looks like he turned out to be a pretty dynamic weapon that didn't cost you $7.2 million. So, Adam, I appreciate what you're saying. Go get a pass-catching running back that, that can help him out. I mean, in 2018, Saquon Barkley caught 91 passes. Like, my, my, point, is very, my point is what very simple. What year is it? Yeah, just it's 2022. 2022. Just, I, was, I, was, I was just checking. Yeah, fully appreciate that. 
My answer to you is this. I still believe in Daniel Jones. I do. I think I'm not saying I don't believe in Daniel Jones. This doesn't have anything to do with him. Well, so so that's where you and I disagree. I believe both. Even if you believe in Daniel Jones. So if you already believe in Daniel Jones, then why do you need to keep Saquon Barkley? You already believe in him. What do you need to prove then? You said keep Saquon Barkley so you can figure out if Daniel Jones is your franchise quarterback. But if you already believe that he is, then why wouldn't you just focus on offensive line and rebuilding the positions of need on this team? But you're saying you're saying it like we can't have both. My my answer to you is this. I believe in Daniel Jones. I believe he can be a top half quarterback in the league. I believe Saquon Barkley is still a game changing type of running back. I believe that the offensive line has been the number one reason for the last five years that the New York Giants have struggled on offense consistently. And my argument is so you don't want to guard in free agency. You'd rather keep Saquon Barkley. No, I'd rather release Kenny Galladay. I'd rather release Sterling Shepard. You'd rather I'd release ra- Kenny Galladay and take $18 million in dead cap. Well, it's it's 12 or 12 and a half million in dead cap on Kenny Galladay. But yeah. yes, I would I would rather, rather do keep- that. So you'd rather dig a deeper hole for the franchise rather than take the free money that's on the table. Yes, because because we already have Kadarius Tony who's coming into this whole thing, and he's going to be a bigger focal point of the offense. You get back a healthy Saquon Barkley. You add two pieces to the offensive line via first round pick free agency. And we build around that nucleus because that's what I okay. believe. Devil's I believe- advocate. Okay, fine. Devil's advocate for you. And, and by the way, everyone knows I didn't like the Kenny. We both didn't like the Kenny Galladay no. signing. And I, I don't I like him going forward. It's fine. Like I, I agree on that piece of it. Right. You, you gave me the, you're walking down the road. This is what the options are. Okay. So you have a choice. You can keep Saquon Barkley on the books for $7.2 million, get absolutely nothing in trade value for him. And he leaves in free agency, or you can trade him before the season starts. You would rather keep him 7.2 and let him walk. Yes. I cannot believe how objectively stupid that is when you're trying to rebuild a franchise. There well, are options in the draft. You, you could go spend a second round draft pick if you if you no, if that's... you really value having a weapon behind Daniel Jones in the backfield, then you can convince me to go get one in the draft in the second round. Why would you keep a 26 year old off injury, seven point two million dollar running back that you're not going to resign? Just for the sake of confirming that Daniel Jones, the quarterback that you already believe can be the franchise quarterback, but you want to confirm that all you, that means all you're doing is you're playing for wins. That's what you're doing. You're no, saying I'll, I'll keep this running back and not get draft capital that I can spend to replace him at a lower cost so that I can put window dressing on what could be a difficult season. Adam, look, what I'll do after this at the end of the day is I'll send along a nice little link that talks about like what a compensatory pick is and how it works in the NFL. Compensatory picks, you're not getting them because the Giants are going to be signing a ton of players next offseason when they have cap room. And you don't get compensatory picks when you bring in too many players versus the outgoing players. That, so that's not that's, gonna happen. It's a fallacy. That's that's what you're saying. If if you don't think they're gonna free up cap space this year. My whole point is you're saying no, I'm not allowed to trade him. Space this year. They're only going to sign three or four guys and low le- and then low level other but roster spots. They're my, not going to do as much work as they're going to do next year. It's just a fact. But, but my desire is to see what you have in Saquon Barkley and then potentially trade him during the year. You've taken that option off the table. So what I would rather prefer is keep Saquon Barkley with us, see how he works through the year. Either you franchise him, try to is. sign him to a deal, or you let him walk and you get a compensatory pick as a result. Yeah, well, you're you're making a gross assumption around what you're going to get back for him. We'll come back in next week. We'll talk about the wide receiver position because there's clearly question marks all across the roster when it comes to that. What are things that the Giants can do to right that ship? Maybe trading off Kenny Galladay, maybe trading off Kadarius Toney, cutting Sterling Shepard. We know everything's on the table. And after you list those three players, you realize that you don't have any wide receivers. Well, so 
Adam, the, the one thing I was going to add to our listeners, a little peek behind the curtain is like, Ooh, I don't know. Like if there's enough about Saquon Barkley that we could talk about on this episode, like, it did, does anyone? Down. Does anyone? Does anyone really care? Is there really any polarizing opinions about Saquon Barkley? I think the last twenty-five minutes shows that there is a little bit of dis, you know, dissension between the ranks. There's really on not, what we there's the right Saquon. path, and that's getting rid of him for a draft asset, addressing all these areas of need. And then there's everyone else who has it wrong and thinks they want to keep around somebody because he looks good when he's on the field and he can make plays. Like there's just such a gap between what should be. Ha- doesn't matter. We'll come back in. We'll talk about it. You can follow us over on YouTube where we're cranking out all the episodes. Really appreciate the support. Get it on the comments. We had our biggest view, uh, uh, initial view over the first few hours of yesterday's episode. Follow the podcast. Get the podcast wherever you get those needs fulfilled. We'll be breaking it all down. Maybe more arguments like this. We're not sure. This isn't really our thing that we normally do, but when Andy's wrong, he's wrong, and I have to get in there and really set the record straight. As he will still, though, in spite of this episode, in spite of it all, demand, want, need, and nay try to massage the people to know regardless what adam says let's go big blue